Hello from the members of First United Methodist Church in Royce City. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you find it meaningful and relevant. You're invited to join us for worship anytime, and you can learn more about our worship options, location, and small group opportunities by visiting our website, fumcroycecity.org. Today, we hear from our pastor, Reverend Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to His Word proclaimed. Oh God, we thank you for the love that you have given us and for the love that you pour out on each and every one of us. We thank you that we are able to gather with our confirmands and to celebrate with them this important milestone in their life. And we thank you that this is never the end of the story, that we are called to continue to be faithful stewards and examples of your love and grace. So God, we ask that you let the words of my mouth And the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Amen. So we are here on Confirmation Sunday. We just confirmed eight members, and as I said earlier, we'll be confirming uh, uh, Caitlin Westwood uh, here in a couple of weeks for... Uh, since they're out of town, but you know, we've had a lot of fun. At least I've had a lot of fun. Hopefully you all have had fun uh, during the past several weeks that we were together. This is a picture of uh, the confirmands at the Bishop's Rally uh, that was at, was that at Christ, no, Christ Plano, Christ UMC in Plano is where, where that was, where uh, the bishop talked about how uh, one time he didn't want to be a pastor anymore because all pastors he knew were bald. And all the kids looked at me and was like, <laughs> what's up with that? But you know, it, was, it, was, it was just fun to be able to just have conversations with them. The, the difficult questions, the hard questions. And, and it reminded me of how important it is to, to hear those hard questions and to take time to, to wrestle through those answers. Even sometimes we may not have the answer right away, which I know that frustrated the kids uh, here or there. Whatever I said, I didn't really have an answer, but this is where I feel like God is leading us at this time, or where God is leading me at this time when it comes to the question that you've asked. You know, the important thing, I think, uh, kids, to remind you and to remind us is that we spend way too much time talking at each other than listening. I think what helps us grow in our faith is taking the opportunity to actually stop and to listen. Because when we listen to each other, we become stronger in our faith and stronger in our understanding of what God is doing in the midst of our community. And speaking of the midst of our community, you know, we give thanks for our our mentors our confirmation mentors, you know, we had a great uh, stump the mentor night that the kids were just foaming at the mouth for. They were looking forward to asking some really difficult questions. And talking to the, some of the mentors, I know that they got really difficult questions. And I especially just want to say thanks to uh, Wanda Pilly. Uh, she had to step in for a few weeks to teach while I had to take care of some other, other business stuff. And she always kept me in line and made sure that I knew exactly where we were going and how to get to the state. See, it, it, it takes a community. 
It takes a community for all of us to continue to grow in our faith. And there's one word that I want to give to our confirmands is that this isn't graduation. You know, we're, we're, we're lifting you up. We're praying for you. This isn't the end. This is only the beginning. And I am excited to have these new members to take full and active role in the ministry of our church because they can teach us and they can lead us and they can help us maybe see God in a way that we haven't quite seen God before. So thinking about all of that, our our summer series that we're doing right now is called Proclaim, and this passage, I believe, goes extremely well with confirmation this morning. So I invite you, if you have your Bibles, to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 13 through 5-1, or you can follow along with the words that we have on the screen. Hear the word of the Lord. Paul writes, We have the same faithful spirit as what is written in Scripture. I had faith, and so I spoke. We also have faith, and so we also speak. We do this because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus, who also raised us with Jesus, and he will bring us into his presence along with you. All these things are for your benefit, as grace increases for benefit more and more people. It will cause gratitude to increase, which results in God's glory. So we aren't depressed. But even if our bodies are breaking down on the outside, the person that we are on the inside is being renewed every day. Our temporary minor problems are producing an eternal stockpile of glory for us. That is beyond all comparison. We don't focus on things that can be seen, but on things that can't be seen. The things that can be seen don't last, but the things that can't be seen are eternal. We know that if a tent that we, have, that we live in on earth is torn down, we have a building from God. It's a house that is, isn't handmade, which is eternal and located in heaven. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So when I take a look at this passage, I see that Paul, especially in the first few verses, which is what we're going to be really focusing on this morning, Paul is giving us a way for us to look at how we live out our faith. We don't live out our faith in isolation. If we take a look at the very beginning of the passage, Paul writes, we have the same faithful spirit as what is written in Scripture. I had faith, and so I spoke. Paul is going back to the Psalms, and he's looking through one of the laments of the Psalms that while all of these things are going wrong, Paul still says that I have faith, and I will continue to speak through my faith. I think it's amazing that Paul is doing this because if, you, if you're familiar with his situation, he is writing this letter while in prison. While all of these things are happening 
to him, when he doesn't know exactly when or where he will get executed or, or how his life will progress forward, but he knows that in each and every opportunity, he has the opportunity to proclaim his faith. And I don't know about you, but I am thankful that Paul continued to speak even when it was not advantageous for him to speak. I am thankful that he continued to speak and continued to write these letters because it gives us a view of how we are to continue to live our lives in faithful stewardship of the life that we have. But Paul goes on and continues. Not only is he speaking, but he says that we also have faith. And so we also speak. See, when you are confirmed, or when you take those membership vows into the life of the church, we are given a voice. And that voice allows us to continue to speak into what is going on in the world around us. And it is a powerful voice. Sometimes I feel like we feel the voice that we have isn't powerful or, or we can't speak into certain situations, but it is through the faith and love of Jesus Christ that we have that authority to speak in to troubled times. He continues, we do this because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise us with Jesus, and he will bring us into his presence along with you. Do you see what Paul is doing here? Paul is reminding us of the necessity of community, that we build each other up to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. And this is something that hasn't been lost over the, the centuries. John Wesley was a firm believer in this. He's quoted in saying about something about personal holiness and social holiness. And, and unfortunately, that has been twisted around to say that you know, we have this personal faith that we keep to ourselves, and the social holiness is how we change the world around us. Now, let me be clear. You know, because of our personal faith, we are to be active in changing the world around us to bring the kingdom of heaven here on earth. But when, Paul, when, when John Wesley talked about social holiness, he wasn't talking about social justice. He was talking about the importance of being together in community to help each other grow. Here is his actual quote he said, directly opposite to this, talking about solitary uh, religion, is the gospel of Christ. So directly opposite to solitary religion is the gospel of Jesus Christ, that we are bound together. Solitary religion is not to be found there. Holy solitaries is a phrase no more consistent with the gospel than holy adulterers. The gospel of Christ knows of no religion but social. No holiness but social holiness. What, 
what John Wesley is saying here. You know, they use the word holy adulterers. So you cannot be a holy adulterer. You cannot be a holy bigot. You cannot be a holy sinful person. Just like you can't be a solitary Christian. You have to be in community with others. Jesus talked about this in one of his parables. In Luke chapter 12, he shares a story about a rich man who has all of this stuff. And in the midst of all of this stuff, he realizes he needs to do something different. And so what does he do? Jesus says, the rich man said, this is what I'll do. I'm going to tear down my barns, and I'm going to build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. And if you're familiar with that parable, we know that that man's life was called to him that evening, and all the stuff that he had went to waste. How sad would it be, my friends, if we lived our lives in a, a solitary state, if we lived our lives where we didn't share the good gifts that God has given us with others. That when we pass, that all that we have has been wasted. Here, there's ways that we could look at how to, to grow in our faith or, or, to, or to share what God has given to us with others. First, we have to realize that we have to take conversations below the surface. When I was in college, my, my freshman year, I was in a uh, fraternity house, and uh, I saw the same brothers, if you will, every day, you know, walking down the stairs, going to the dining hall, walking back to the stairs, going to the sleeping dorm. And there was something that I noticed that I, I kept doing, and it really bothered me. Every single time I saw a brother, maybe the first time, the fifth time, or even the 20th time that day, as we pass, I would say, how you doing? And keep moving along. I didn't care how they were doing. I just used that as a glib introduction or a glib high. You know, I had a friend from the early service. He was talking about how when somebody does that to him, it says, well, not that, not that you really care, but, and that would kind of catch their uh, attention, and it would really spark a conversation. So I did this. I decided that I wasn't going to say, how are you doing, to anyone. You know, didn't care no matter what time. I, I, I disciplined myself to not do that. But you know what I noticed when I did that? I noticed that I started to become more, uh, more excluded or more uh, in this little me hole. I, I decided that I realized and noticed that whenever I stopped asking people how they were or what was going on, I was more solitary. I was more in solitary. And I stopped doing that. 
And I started to listen more, and I started to care. And, and maybe I didn't say it all the time, but I made sure that the words that I said meant something. And the opportunities that I had to go deeper with somebody, I took that opportunity. You know, something that Christians get uh, railed upon all the time, and in other ways that we are so superficial, is that we use the phrase, just like, how are you doing? We use the phrase, well, I'm praying for you. You know, we say, well, I'm sorry things are not going well, but I, I, I'm praying for you. And then what do we end up doing? Admit it. Sometimes we forget to pray at all. And so we, we guard ourselves from that. So one way to battle and, and, and to really work on having a common faith is that when you say that you're going to pray for somebody, actually pray for them. Lift them up. One of the things that Tracy and I do every night before we go to bed, we take time to pray. I scribble down little notes during the day and remind each other as we are preparing for bed, we lift up those prayers that are given to us during the day. It is so important. And if we believe in the power of prayer, we will do it more because we know that prayer changes things. Another way that we can make sure that we continue to grow in our faith is that we stop and actually have face-to-face conversations with others. And my friends, this can get a lot more difficult in the world that we live in, especially with gadgets and phones and, and different things like that. Michael Hyatt is a writer that I like to listen to, uh, some of his podcasts, and he was sharing a story about how he tries to intentionally be there at certain meetings. And one of the things that he would do, he would take his cell phone and he would place it face down on the table. And that showed a sign that he was there for the person that he had a meeting with. And one of the stories he was telling, he said that he sat down across from somebody who did the exact same thing, and that really impressed him. But during this meeting, he noticed that the gentleman kept looking at his watch. And while they were talking, he would look at his watch again. And about the, the 15th time he did that, Michael High said, I'm sorry, I, I, I don't mean to bore you. I don't I hope you don't have anything else that you need to do. And the guy, oh, no, no, that's fine. I have all these notifications on my watch. So he was looking at text messages. He was looking at emails. He was looking at all of these other things and not fully present in, the more, in, in that moment. You know, I don't know about you. I, I think I say that more for myself than I do for you because I know that I can get caught if my computer screen is up or if my cell phone is out where I can see it easily, where I can get sucked into this electronic world and ignore this amazing creature of God, this amazing daughter or son of God in front of me to hear their wisdom and enjoy that opportunity to be in relationship with them. See, my friends, we must remember, and confirmands, this is a note for you too, that we are not in this life alone. We are all here 
together. Towards the end of the confirmation ceremony, did you hear what the congregation said? They said that they would help support you in faith, help you continue to grow, help you and be with you every step of the way. You know, this week has, uh, has been a difficult week for a lot of people. You know, uh, depression is a, a real thing. And when you have two uh, high visible celebrities that uh, commit suicide, you start to think and you start to wonder. And I felt like I couldn't go through a sermon talking about being community and having faith together and supporting and loving each other without saying that every single person in this room matters. What you are going through in your life right now might be hard, but I know for a fact that there are people in this room that will stop and listen. I know that there are people in this room who will take time to be there for you. So you do not need to make that ultimate commitment to say goodbye to this world because you will be missed. So take time to reach out to someone, just to talk and to share. And those of you who may not be battling with this, take time to listen. Take time to care. You know, I podcast all of our sermons here, so I just want to make sure that I uh, mention this number. If you are desperate and you need to reach out, there's a suicide prevention hotline, and that phone number is 1-800-273-8255. Take a moment and call that number or call someone and reach out because you matter. We do this together as brothers and sisters in Christ and and our, our church, our community, and our world is a better place because of the relationships that we build together. Let us pray. Oh God, we thank you for the opportunity to build relationships. We thank you for our confirmands and for the work that you have done in and through them. And we are so excited to have them in full relationship with us. And we pray that they look forward to learning from us as we look forward to learning from them. Guide us as your church as we continue to reach out to our community and our world, to share the love and grace of Jesus Christ in a way that makes a difference because you have made a difference in and through us. So, Lord, we lift this celebratory day up to you. In the name of the one who gives us life and life abundantly, Jesus our Lord, amen.